الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الدنيا خلقت لكم وأنتم خلقتم للآخرة وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الدنيا مزرعة الآخرة أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Moses Bakhtir Ramai Kiram Brothers and Elders All around us we see this very fascinating dunya and all the things that Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala has created Allah Ta'ala repeatedly in the Quran Sharif asks us to look at this dunya and to recognize Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala by means of seeing the things Allah Ta'ala has created around us. In some place in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala discusses the earth, that we created this earth, وَالْأَرْضَ مَدَدْنَاهَا وَأَلْقَيْنَا فِيهَا رَوَاسِيَا وَأَنْبَتْنَا فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مِنْ كُلِّ زَوْجٍ بَهِيجٍ Allah Ta'ala says, we spread this earth out. الْأَرْضَ مَتَدْنَاهَا فَنِعْمَ الْمَاهِدُونَ How wonderfully we spread this whole earth out. person walks on this earth and he doesn't consider that this earth is not so soft like water otherwise he would sink. And neither is it so hard like lead otherwise he can't expect anything to grow out of it. Allah is saying, look at it. And وَأَلْقَيْنَا فِيهَا رَوَاسِيَ These huge mountains, Allah says, we pegged the earth with these mountains. Had it not been for these mountains pegging the earth, then this earth would have been violently shaking all the time and nobody would be able to remain alive in it. And sometimes Allah Ta'ala draws our attention to the skies. أَفَلَمْ يَنْظُرُوا إِلَى السَّمَاءِ فَوْقَهُمْ كَيْفَ بَنَيْنَاهَا وَزَيَّنَّاهَا وَمَا لَهَا مِنْ فُرُوجِ Don't they look up and see the sky? How we created the sky? This entire vast sky without a single pillar holding it. And then, this insan likes to see something that is glittering, exciting. Allah Ta'ala says we beautified it for him also. All these chandeliers of stars. So this vast sky Allah Ta'ala created also for this insan. And this entire sky from one end to the other not a single point that there is any kind of blemish anywhere, some crevice somewhere, something not in perfect order. Allah Ta'ala created it in total perfection. And somewhere Allah Ta'ala says, أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ الْمَاءَ الَّذِي تَشْرَبُونَ أَنْتُمْ أَنْزَلْتُمُوهُ مِنَ الْمُزْمُ أَمْ نَحْنُ الْمُنْزِلُونَ You just go on drinking the water, O insan. 
have you considered that could you have brought this water into existence or could you bring it and descend it from the skies from the clouds did we bring it down did we rain this, this water down Allah Ta'ala says we brought this water full of baraka. That this water comes down. This dead land, Allah Ta'ala brings it back to life. The barakat of this water that Allah Ta'ala sends. And all the various things, so many ayahs of the Quran Sharif, the things that Allah Ta'ala has created are discussed in detail. But this whole universe has been created for who? Person sees one house and somebody describes the whole house to him that it has these, this is the size of the house and it's not a house but it's a palace and these are all the facilities in there and these are the luxuries and comforts and these are the decorations and all the things he goes on and on but somewhere down the line the person is going to stop him and ask him but whose house is this? Or who is this house? Because more important than the house is the person of the house. So this entire vast dunya Allah created with all this vast arrangements that this rain will come down and this vegetation will grow and then the sun will shine on it and then even the light of the moon will come and bring about that sweetness in it in that fruit, in those crops and all the entire universe will work towards keeping this whole system in place. After all, for who? So Allah wa ta'ala created this whole dunya for this Hazrat Insan, for this human being. So he has been given such a great palace. For what? Is it for him to remain here forever? Will he live here and never ever leave this world? So this is one thing where every person, no matter who he is, what he is, where he is from, what his financial position may be, what his social standing may be, and no matter whatever he believes in, but this one thing he certainly believes, that he's not going to remain here forever. He's come to go. Nobody has come to stay. That is the very vast difference in how we see things and what the reality is. Many a person does things, we do things generally, say for a long time, for keeps. Allah Ta'ala says, I sent you to move on. This is a little transit lounge. As vast as it may be, it's a little transit lounge. The destination is somewhere else. So this whole dunya was created for insan. But insan was created for it. Insan was placed into dunya for it. Why has he been placed in India? And Allah Ta'ala created him in such a fascinating way that Allah Ta'ala himself asks us, Don't you ponder over the way Allah Ta'ala created you? What Allah Ta'ala gave you? And how he blessed you with all those bounties? Did you not give him those two eyes? Who gave the two eyes? Allah Ta'ala gave. 
And if Allah Ta'ala didn't give it, if a person, child was born blind, then all the surgeons and all the scientists of the universe can get together, they can never give that person sight. Allah Ta'ala said, Alam naj'allahu aynayn? O insan, we gave you these eyes. Walisana wa shafatayn. And this tongue, who gave this tongue? Child is born dumb. Can all the whole world put together give him that speech? Washafatain, that lips, Allah Ta'ala gave. And all the other faculties Allah Ta'ala blessed us with. All these things, one after the other in the Quran Sharif are mentioned. So, what was all this for? Allah Ta'ala gave all this to us for what? So, in the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Tabaraka alladhi biyadihil mulk wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir alladhi khalaqa al-mawta wal-hayata liyabluwakum ayyukum ahsan wa'amala Allah Ta'ala created this entire system of death and life khalaqa al-mawta wal-hayata Outwardly it would appear that the sequence should have been the other way around Allah Ta'ala created life and death that's how we speak it also Generally, life and death is all in Allah Ta'ala's hands. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala is saying, Allah Ta'ala created death and life. Why is death mentioned first? Life comes first. Person lives and then dies. The Mufassirin explained that the lesson is being given to us that that person will live his life correctly who has his death in front of him. But I haven't come to stay, I've come to go. Death is even before life. In other words, the consciousness of death. That after death is a real life. When a person closes his eyes, now he starts really living. The everlasting life starts. This is a very temporary life. So, Why did Allah create this? Whole system of the universe and places in sun. Oh, in sun, you are here for nothing else. But a test. But who will do the best of actions? This is the test. But when a person is in a test, so there has to be some textbook also. There has to be some teacher as well. Teacher will have to teach the te- textbook. And then the exam will be taken. So Allah Ta'ala didn't leave insan to himself. That you do what you want as you want and we'll test you. No, Allah Ta'ala sent the greatest of all teachers with the Anbiya Alayhi Wasallam and the greatest among them was Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the greatest of all textbooks Allah Ta'ala sent was the Quran Sharif and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi taught this insan as all the Anbiya Alayhi Wasallam taught and finally Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam came and taught insan how to pass this test قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا one is your outer self that maintaining the outer self and looking after your health is fine, it's all in its place it's necessary also but this outer self will perish there's an inner self also the soul you want to pass this test the person who has purified his soul he'll pass and the person who has not purified that soul and it's failure. Insan, you want to pass this test, there's an inner self. You've got to make an effort on your inner self. That Iman, 
that yaqeen, that tawakkul and trust in Allah wa ta'ala, that hope in Allah wa ta'ala, the consciousness of Allah wa ta'ala, the reality of akhirat being in front all the time, the promise of Allah ta'ala regarding jannat, how will that come? The a'mal that Allah ta'ala has promised it on. So to make an effort on this inside. So the whole focus of dunya unfortunately is on the outside. There are two things Allah Ta'ala has given. There is also mal and there is a'mal. Dunya is generally on mal, on wealth. The whole focus day and night, morning till evening. To the extent that the yaqeen has come on mal, on wealth, on material possessions. If I have mal, if I have material possessions, then my work will get done. And if this is missing, then I'm a goner. And whereas Allah's Rasul وسلم, and the Amiya all came with the message that is not mal, but it's iman and amal. That is the basis of success in dunya and akhirat. But aflah al mu'minun, alladina hum fi salatihim khashi'oon. First thing, the believers will be successful. Without Iman, there is no success. And then in Iman, what is required with it is A'mal Salihah. That success will come, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Those who have total devotion and humility in their Salah. So now this Amal, this is what will bring success. But the Yaqeen has come unto Mal. That with things, with material possessions, things will happen. And as a result, wherever a person can cut corners in deen, for the sake of mal, he's ready to do it. Wherever something tempts him in any direction, because the yaqeen is not in Allah, on the promise of Allah. And this is the bottom line. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Hadith says that, إِنَّمَا أَتَخَوَّفُ عَلَىٰ أُمَّةِ ضَعْفَ الْيَقِينَ only fear of my ummah, the weakness of conviction, of faith, of yaqeen. Yaqeen drives a person. person wakes up early in the morning and he goes to work and he slogs. Why? That too is a partial yaqeen, but there's some degree of yaqeen that I'll get a salary at the end of the month. person opens his shop and he works hard, rain or shine, whatever the case is, but nothing can stop him from going why? Because there's a degree of yaqeen, that too is a very, very half-hearted yaqeen. Because that yaqeen could be totally the opposite happens also. But there's some hope in fact, that I will make a profit out of this whole exercise. So it is a level of conviction that drives a person. But that degree of conviction which is to be in the akhirat, that has to be built, that has to be learned. The Sahaba al-Kiram, they say, Ta'allamna al-Iman, we learned Iman. And this Yaqeen was built, it was built to the extent, Anas the person who is in charge of his lands, his farms and so on, he comes to him and he says that it's such a drought, everything is parched, the ground is parched, there isn't anything that's going to grow. So what does he think of now? Start off now with all the fertilizers and some kind of irrigation and whatever else. Anasalam asks for the water. What water? Wuzu water. And he makes wuzu. 
and then he performs two rakat salah. And he asked that gardener or the person who is in charge of his farms, can you see anything? What level of yaqeen on salah, on a'mal? Can you see anything? Meaning any cloud? He says, not yet. Not yet, another two rakats of namaz. Can you see anything still? Not yet, another two rakats of namaz. He says, now I can see something like a, it's like the wing of a bird this much. So he carries on engaging in a lot of dua. And in a short time, the entire place is covered in clouds. And then it starts pouring. So it starts pouring, and Allah says to his person, that now jump on the horse quickly and go see how far is this rain? How far is it raining? To what extent? So he goes in all the directions, he says it's raining on your land. Where your land is, that's where it's raining. Beyond that, it's not raining. What level of yaqeen in amal? That amal, because the promise of Allah Ta'ala is on amal. But amal with yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala. Abu Darda somebody comes and says to him that your house has burnt down. So he says, no, it didn't happen. He's sitting cool and calm. So another person comes and says, your house burnt down. He says, not, not possible. Third person comes and says the same thing. He says, not possible. Fourth person comes and says, no, the fire came almost to your house and it stopped just before your house. So he says, yes, I knew Allah Ta'ala won't burn my house down. So the person is saying, I don't know which statement to be more amazed on. <laughs> the first statement where you were so sure it didn't burn down, or this statement where you say, Allah Ta'ala won't burn my house down. What relationship you got with Allah Ta'ala, you know Allah Ta'ala won't burn your house down. Mm-hmm. You see, the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi taught us this dua, and I recited the dua, and the dua, the benefit and the virtue Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned, person who recites this in the morning till the evening no harm can come to him I was 100% sure this is certain so now somebody might want to know what the dua is so the dua is very simple to learn but behind the dua is the yaqeen in the dua that the light bulb is there say this has this is a floodlight and you put this light on then the whole place would be lit like as if it's day in the middle of the night it would look like day the light is there. So the person says, well, where's, the, where's the brightness coming? There's no light coming. That bulb is there, but where's the brightness? He says, no, there's a need for wiring behind it. And that wiring also finally comes to a DB box. That is to get connected somewhere else. So that connection with Allah Ta'ala. The amal, and that amal must be wired with yaqeen. And that yaqeen connects a person to Allah Ta'ala. And now with that yaqeen, a person's amal will bring the promises of Allah. And this is what we find in the lives of the Sahaba Ikram. Now when yaqeen came, then at every step they were conscious of Allah. Then mal could not distract them. When yaqeen is weak, then at every step mal will distract a person. And all the other glitter and glamour of this world, and all the temptations and all the sins will distract a person. Because of the weakness of yaqeen. And when yaqeen is firm, then mal would not distract. There was one personality in the 5th century, Qazi Abu Bakr bin Muhammad. Sheikh Ramtul Ali mentions this in Fazal al-Sadaqat. This person was walking in Makkah Mukarramah and he finds one necklace 
pearl necklace, priceless. So he realized somebody lost this, it was in a bag, he picked the bag and he finds his pearl necklace in there. So he takes it, goes and puts it into his room. Now when he comes back down, some time later, somebody is announcing that I've lost a bag and there's some valuables in it. Anybody returns it to me, 500 dinars reward, 500 gold coins. What a massive amount that is itself. Now this is mal. And can you imagine if the reward is 500 gold coins, what's the value of the, of the item itself? Now what distraction this can bring in a person? Forget 500 gold coins, forget one gold coin, for even a copper coin will get distracted. When yaqeen is weak, then even the coppers of this dunya will distract a person. So he goes, he takes this person who was making the announcement, takes him to his room, he brings that bag out, he asks him first all the details, what was in there, etc. Describe it, he describes everything. When the description fits, then he brings a bag out and he says, same thing. Opens it, shows it to him, he says, yes, same thing. He says, well, there's your little, this is your property, you may have it. So this person takes out those 500 gold coins to give him the reward. But now the yaqeen was not in mal, the yaqeen was in amal. That when something will be done for the pleasure of Allah, then the reward is with Allah also. This person takes out the 500 gold coins and give him. He says, I didn't do it for this. I didn't do it for mal. I did it for Allah. I didn't do it because you were announcing that this is a reward. If you didn't announce any reward also, this was my responsibility. Now this is yaqeen. Allah Ta'ala is watching. What you are doing sometimes hiding from people, somebody is watching from above, the yaqeen. When that yaqeen is there, now a person doesn't look behind his shoulder to see, I hope nobody is watching. One person tried to insist on some woman to commit haram with him. So she said, but okay, now since you're insisting, first just close that door. So now he thought he had closed the door, he asked, wondering what door she's talking about. So he asked her which door? He said that door from which Allah Ta'ala is seen. Can that door ever be closed? This struck him very deeply like a bolt of lightning and he said that door I can never close. The door through which Allah Ta'ala is seen, there is no door that can hold back Allah Ta'ala's knowledge from anything and gaze from anything and he made Toba from that and moved away. So in any case this person, he said I didn't do it for this, I did it for Allah Ta'ala. You take it and carry on. He insisted, he did, refused. You take it and go. In any case, now the person doesn't want to take it, he took it and carried on. Time went on. This person, this Qazi Abu Bakr, he is now traveling by boat, going somewhere, and he gets caught up in a storm. And the storm, the whole boat sings, people drown. He is latching onto one piece of wood and drifting along. And after quite some time, he finally finishes off on an island. An inhabited island. <clears throat> this is years past in between. Now he sees a masjid in the distance, he comes, somehow he makes himself uh, comfortable there. People come, they come to know what happened. So, in any case, they take care of his needs immediately. Now he's there in the masjid, 
He was a person who had learned the Quran Sharif, he was a Qazi. So now when they realize, mashallah, this person reads Quran Sharif so well, he says, well, you must teach our children. And this was a remote place, so there was nobody learned there. So he began teaching the children Quran Sharif, etc., making the imamat. Now as time passed, they said, well, this person, now he was getting married. So they told him, well, we got somebody we want you to get married to. So he said, well, I am not looking in that direction. I want to somehow, someday, make my way back home. There's no, someday some boat, some ship will pass by, I want to go back home. So they insisted on him, you don't know when that will happen. You must get married. And there's an orphan girl here. And a very pious person, etc. We want you to get married to her. So finally he accepted. So the Nikatu place. Uh, the Nikatu place. And now he's meeting his wife for the first time. So she came in the company of some relatives. So now he suddenly sees her wearing something, some jewelry, and his gaze is fixed onto that. So somebody took some you know, commented, they took offense, yeah. what's wrong with you? You got married, and now you're only worried about the jewelry she's wearing? Have you got no shame in you? So he says, no, there's something, there's a very long story behind this. What story is there behind this? You know, this necklace that she is wearing, this is a story that's behind it. But I can never mistake this necklace for anything. It was a very unique necklace. And this was something that was lost in Makkah Mukarram. And I found it. And I then returned it to the owner. And he insisted on giving me 500 gold coins, which I refused to take also. And now I am amazed that that necklace which was lost in Makkah Mukarram and found and returned to the owner, and how is that necklace being worn by this person today? He said this. They said Allahu Akbar in amazement. He is wondering what they are talking about. He says, you are saying the one half of the story. Let us tell you the other half. The other half of the story is that the person who lost that necklace was the owner who lost it and who you returned it to. He used to live here on this island. And when he returned from that hajj, used to repeatedly talk about this incident. And say, I found one person, one true believer, one true mu'min. And he then would relate this whole incident, how he lost this necklace, and that person then returned it, he didn't even take the reward also. And after all, saying this whole story, every time he would say it, then he would finish off on one statement, I wish I knew who the person was, because he then disappeared. I wish I knew who the person was, had I known who he was, I would have got my daughter married to him. Since today you got married to his daughter. And she inherited this necklace from her father. She was the only heir. So he refused to take something in a haram manner. Because his yaqeen was on Allah wa ta'ala. His yaqeen was on a'mal. That doing for Allah wa ta'ala would bring Allah ta'ala's help. So that mal didn't distract him. So when he gave it up for Allah Ta'ala, didn't touch it in a haram way. Allah Ta'ala gave it to him in a halal way. That it came back in his house. And eventually, after some time had passed, then he had two sons. His wife passed away. One after the other, then over some time his sons passed away. He became the sole inheritor of that necklace. He refused to touch it in a haram way. Allah Ta'ala gave it in a halal way. But what the bottom line was the yaqeen. 
that the yaqeen was developed, that things don't make our work. Our work will get done when Allah Ta'ala wills. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught this yaqeen. Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas is a young child, young boy. At a time when generally we would say that now he's too small to be told anything now, just let him go. Let, let things carry on. Nabi Islam is riding on a conveyance and he's riding along with Nabi Islam. Nabi Islam is teaching him yaqeen. That he's saying to him, young child, that idha sa'alta fas'alillah. When you ask, don't ask from makhluk. Don't ask from the creation. What can the creation give? One Guzruk was making tawaf. As he completed the tawaf, the king of the time, he entered the mataf. The time of the Umayyads, the king of the time entered the mataf. This was a very notable personality. So the king also knew him, was familiar with him. So he went and he greeted him out of respect for the personality. And after having salam and so on, so he said, can I, is there something, some need of yours that I can do some service to you? So that Buzruk replied and said, what can you give me? Can you give me dun- akhirat or dunya? He said, akhirat, what can I give you? Jannat and other things of akhirat, that is not in my hands. Yes, but dunya I can give you. So Buzruk replied and said, the dunya up to today, I didn't even ask from the creator of the dunya. I didn't even make dunya, dua for dunya from Allah Ta'ala also. Not that there's anything wrong in that. We must ask all our needs from Allah Ta'ala. The needs of dunya and akhirat. But this is on a different level. I didn't even ask the dunya from the creator of the dunya. We are going to ask you for it. If you can give me akhirat, then talk. That is not in your hands, forget about it. Dunya, I didn't even ask the creator of the dunya. When you ask, ask Allah Ta'ala. You need help, seek help from Allah. Nabi Islam is teaching a young child Yaqeen. The entire mankind gets together and they want to benefit you in some way. It can only benefit you to the extent Allah that has decreed for you. And وَإِنْ اِسْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَدُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَدُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ The whole universe gets together to harm you. They can only harm you to the extent Allah that has decreed, not one but more than that. Allah Ta'ala wills it will happen, otherwise the whole world can get together nothing will happen. Who is teaching this yaqeen? Nabi Islam. And this is that bottom line. In one hadith, Nabi Islam says, the person hasn't been given a thing greater than yaqeen and afiyat. So ask Allah Ta'ala for these two things. Beg Allah Ta'ala. And Nabi Islam makes this dua himself. Allahumma qsim lana min khashyatik ma ta'kulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asiyatik. Ya Allah, grant us that amount of your fear which becomes a barrier between us and sin. When a person has no fear of Allah Ta'ala, of the punishment of Allah Ta'ala, of the punishment of the qabr, the punishment of the akhirat, which is a reality. When a person becomes totally fearless, then he becomes bold on sinning. 
And he says, well, we'll see later. Whatever happens, we'll see later. But later might be too late. As one person says, that he'll repent at the 11th hour. So somebody told him that you are saying you'll repent at the 11th hour. What if you die at 10.50? The 11th hour will never come. Obviously, that's a man of expression. The 11th hour, meaning as the last moments now, and I see now things are really now, time has come up. Sometimes you won't know when time has come up. Before a person knows it is already gone. So, the beast starts me saying, Ya Allah, grant us that extent of fear that becomes a barrier between us and sin. Allah, give us the currency of Jannat. Every person wants the currency of dunya. Allah, grant us the currency of Jannat. Your ta'at, your obedience, amal, righteousness, good actions. Allah, grant us such good actions with which we reach Jannat. Allah bless us with yaqeen by means of which every difficulty of this dunya also becomes very easy Nabi Sallallahu his finger gets injured in one battle see wa hal anti illa isba'in damiti wa fi sabilillahi ma laqiti bas what happened you got injured just a little small injury on your finger what you, no big deal about it and that should happen in the path of Allah Ta'ala so subhanallah, that is something to be happy about. How light it became. This is Allah Ta'ala. Everything is, when the yaqeen is there, now a person is not in that frame of mind all the time. What will happen? What will happen is what Allah Ta'ala wants to happen. Why did this happen? Allah Ta'ala wanted it to happen. So life is like, insan is insan, we are weak. But when the yaqeen has been developed, then even the masai, when the difficulties of dunya become very easy. A person manages to take it in his stride. Then he is no more now in a state where he is overwhelmed. He's insan, he'll feel pain, he'll feel difficulty, he'll suffering. This is part of human life. But in all that also, if he's focusing towards Allah wa ta'ala, then even in that pain, there is sometimes pleasure inside that pain. That if this is taking me closer to Allah ta'ala, Nabi Wasallam has just come from Taif. What a difficult situation it was. And it was a 60 mile journey which he undertook by foot. And having presented the dawah to everybody, all the chiefs of the place, and he's rejected. And then he's not allowed to leave in peace. He's being stoned. And his body is covered in blood. And now when he finally gets some refuge, Nabi Sallallahu turns to Allah wa ta'ala. اللهم إني أشكو إليك ضعف قوتي وقلة حيلتي وهواني على الناس. Allah is my weakness. Can we imagine Allah is the Beast of Allah, the greatest of the makhluk of Allah تبارك وتعالى. بعد الخدا بزرق تغي قصة مختصر. After Allah تبارك وتعالى, the greatest rank is of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم. And nobody could reach and can ever reach the perfection that he reached. And having done everything in the most perfect manner, faultless. And the Prophet turns to Allah, Allah, my weakness. 
And we would never ever see a fault in ourselves. Never my weakness, never my fault. It's always somebody else's problem. Always somebody else's fault. Yalla, my weakness. And after describing various things, Yalla, whatever happened to me? Illam takun bika alayya ghadabun fala ubali. Ghayra anna afiyataka awsa'uli. Allah, if you are not displeased, if you are happy in this, what condition I am in, then I am also disconcerned about what happened to me. This is Razab al Qada. Total happiness on the decree of Allah. Total submission to Allah. So that difficulty which was now covered in blood yours, Allah, this too is of no concern if you are not displeased. But Ya Allah, then too I still ask for your afiyat. Ya Allah, grant afiyat. That is also your ni'mat. Safety, peace. Ya Allah, that too is your ni'mat. But the lesson in the whole thing, that with yaqeen, even the masaib of dunya also are very, very uh, minimized. And a person manages to take everything in his stride. But what it all comes down to again, this dunya is this test. This life in this dunya is a test. And in order to pass this test, Allah gave us this manual and this textbook of the Quran Sharif and gave us his practical demonstration of this manual. <coughs> this is the way to succeed. This is the way how a person will pass. And any examination, there are restrictions in it. There's no examination where a person is given the examination paper, you go, you write it at home, you do what you want, you open the textbook, and then you fill in the answers, and you come, and you'll get the marks. Then, you'll have to give a prize for the person who didn't get 100%. <laughs> and that prize, well, Allah knows best what will name the prizes. So there are restrictions there. You can't talk. You can't eat in the examination hall. You talk, you'll fail. You eat, that too will be marked down. Or somebody says, but is it haram to talk? Is it haram to eat? He says, no, it's examination carrying on now. You've got to follow the rules of the exam. And when you follow the rules of the exam, then the rewards will come. Then a person will see the results. And then he will be jumping with joy. So likewise, dunya is a test. This life in dunya is a test. But a person keeps himself in that restrictions for a short while. And then, the day will come when the results will come out. And, وَأَمَّا مَنْ أُوْتِيَ كِتَابَهُ بِيَمِينِ like that person who got his report and is all showing 100% all A's and now he can't contain his joy and he's finding an excuse to show everybody by mistake it's dropping out of his pocket oh my report fell down by chance but no, I just call it yesterday it's all 100% all A's he's making somehow some, some opportunity to show it to everyone but that is a very limited thing on the day of Qiyamah he will be saying it as well Kitabi. Here, this is my book of deeds. It came in my right hand. It came in my right hand saying I have passed. Inni ranantu anni mulatin hisabiya. I had this yaqeen in dunya. And therefore I had this hope. that I will get this result. فَهُوَ فِي عِيشَةِ الرَّاضِيَا فِي جَنَّةٍ عَالِيَا قُطُوفُهَا دَانِيَا كُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا هَنِيئًا بِمَا أَسْلَفْتُمْ فِي الْأَيَّامِ الْخَالِيَا Allah Ta'ala describes all the ni'mats of Jannah that you did. Which Mala Ainun Ra'at, Wala Udunun Samiat, Wala Khatara Ala Talbi Bashar. Nabi Islam says that Allah Ta'ala says, Hadith Al-Qudsi, that 
أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ I have prepared in Jannah for my pious servants. Those who had أعمال الصالحة in their lives. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ The Quran Sharif is filled with it. Together with Iman, for total success, وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ Righteous actions. Righteous actions in every sense of the word. If it's time for Salah, then that is a righteous action. If it's time for zakat, then that is a righteous action. If the hajj is first, then that is the righteous action. If it is person walking on the street, then Say to the believing men to lower their gaze. That is the righteous action of that moment. And forget the street, even if he's in his home alone, behind closed doors and drawn curtains, then too, Don't look at any haram, Allah is watching. So that's a righteous action of that time. And protecting the ears from haram, that's a righteous action of that time. And every other thing that Allah has commanded and refraining from all the haram that Allah has prohibited us from, this is all part of a'mal salihah So when the person will do this a'mal salihah he'll become among the pious servants of Allah. And Nabi Sallallahu says, and Allah says, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ I have prepared for my pious servants مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا عُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard of, and what no heart can even imagine. So this Jannat is waiting. But this dunya is a test, and the reward is Jannat. And in dunya, this is a little time that a person has to restrict himself from the things that Allah has forbidden, and he has to pass in that test of yaqeen. That is, yaqeen is Allah alone. Because that yaqeen, when that yaqeen is there, then that salah will be there. Because now when the Muslim has said, Hayya ala salah, hayya ala falah, then that yaqeen is there, that that falah and success is nowhere else but in the masjid. And answering the call of the Muslim, the call of Allah wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala has called. Now I cannot remain here. One Muslim gave his people advice, his students advice, said, don't be such a bad person. Don't be such a bad slave. That you only respond after the master calls. If the master doesn't call, you don't bother. What he was saying is that you only wait for the azan to start and then only you decide to respond. Now, that was an encouragement that you should be ready for salah even before azan. But where is our situation? Forget the azan and the master having called, that the call of the master has come and gone, and the obligation of the master has come and gone. But the slave hasn't responded. So that response will come when the yaqeen is there. That, that success is now in the salah only. Success is not anywhere else. Success is in discharging that zakat. Not in keeping that wealth. Because that will destroy everything. Success is in forsaking that interest. Otherwise that will destroy everything. Yamahakullahu riba. Allah ta'ala will uproot it, uproot the capital with it also. All this will come when that yaqeen has been developed in Allah. And the Sahaba Ikram learned this yaqeen from Nabi Sallallahu through his company and through da'wah to this yaqeen and da'wah to Allah They invited to Allah and with that constant reminder they developed this yaqeen. And by sacrificing their things, life, health, wealth for the deen of Allah. 
This developed that yaqeen. And then nothing could stop them from fulfilling what is the command of Allah Ta'ala, from doing what is the way of Rasulullah Sahabi, the apostle falls down from his hand and he picks it up and others tell him that this is not the place. You are now in a company which is, they don't regard this as cultured. Because the culture of those who don't have deen, and the culture which is away from the way of life of Rasulullah that culture, what culture would that be? That culture would be based on waste. That it becomes culture that a person must waste something. If he doesn't waste something, if he's drinking something, if he drank everything up, this is uncultured. If he wasted a little bit, then he's cultured. If he's eating something, he must waste something. The culture that is based on waste, is that something to be called culture also? So he, that yaqeen was there. And therefore, that yaqeen is in success in the way of Rasulullah only. His immediate response is, that must I leave what my Habib thought? These people, these people who have no Imam, I can't do that. The way of my Rasulullah is where the success is. So with this dawat, with the spending of their life, health and wealth for the deen of Allah wa ta'ala, and the company of Rasulullah they learned this yaqeen and they passed it on. We are also in that same test. We are also passing through that same dunya. And we are also heading to that same akhirat. And life is very limited. A person is here today and how often he's gone today. Tomorrow is another day. A person is here now and he's gone now. Later is too late. Before that time, dunya mazra'at al-akhirah, this dunya is the planting field for the hereafter. So we also have to learn this yaqeen. We also have to develop this yaqeen. So that the whole deen of Allah Ta'ala becomes easy for us to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala, to refrain from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. No person puts his hand in front of a scorpion because he's got yaqeen, this thing stings. Small little snake, the baby of a snake also. And there'll be a whole helter skelter, everybody trying to kill it. Nobody says, let it go now, it's just a baby. Fine. He says, no, this baby will grow, it will bite somebody someday. And this is, can be poisonous and fatal. So what is making everybody run helter-skelter to kill that snake? Nothing but yaqeen. Yaqeen in the poison of that snake. When that degree of yaqeen will come in the poison of sin. Person who does not pay his zakat, for instance. In the hadith it comes, it will become a serpent. So this is one example. It become a serpent on the day of Qiyamah. And it will now come and it will uh, torture him. Say, Ana kanzuk, Ana maluk, I'm your wealth. You hoarded me. Now you taste the end result of it. So many sins will get converted into snakes. So that is a snake also. Every sin is a snake. That same yaqeen when it is developed in the poison of sin, like it is laying the poison of that snake, then a person won't be able to get anywhere close to that sun, let alone indulge in it. The whole root issue is this yaqeen. And for this is this effort of da'wah and tabliyah, and all the efforts of deen, how can this yaqeen be developed? By sacrificing in the path of Allah, wa ta'ala, leaving our environments, going out for a concentrated period of time, and talking about the greatness of Allah, wa ta'ala, 
listening to the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, making an effort on our own iman, reminding others at the same time, and being in this environment of the talks of deen, and the environment of the masjid, and the environment of the speech of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala, slowly but surely this yaqeen will develop. And when this yaqeen develops, then the whole deen will become easy. For this is this effort, Alhamdulillah, Jamaat's come to us, and we hear about ihtimas taking place from time to time, and all the other movement that keeps taking place is not for any other reason. The only reason is this preparation for akhirat. And this akhirat, the, the conveyance that is going to take us straight to Jannah is this yaqeen. So to develop this yaqeen, this is the whole thing. For this is ihtimas take place, inshallah the ihtimas that is coming up 14 to 16 June in Springo Beach. That too is for the same purpose. All the jamaats that come and go is for the same purpose. But how we can also develop our yaqeen. Our yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala. Our yaqeen in the sifat of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala alone is the provider. Allah Ta'ala alone is the curer. Allah Ta'ala will do what we want, provided we do what He wants. In tansurullah yansurkum. Or yuthabbit aqadamakum. You help the deen of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will help you. And keep you firm against your enemies. The greatest enemy is shaitan. Help the deen of Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala will keep you firm against shaitan. So for this we have to also put ourselves forward to also sacrifice in the path of Allah Ta'ala to develop this yaqeen, to bring this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in our hearts, to remind ourselves and remind others as well. For this these jamaats are made out for 4 months, 40 days, for more time and less time. Who is ready inshallah, whatever period of time and also to make this effort before the istima, this will all become in the credit of those, the istima and whatever benefit will come out of it will be in the credit of those who make this effort before the istima inshallah. So who is ready inshallah?